This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Howdy, howdy, folks. It's Pacific. Thought I'd try something new. You know, new season, new intro catchphrase. It doesn't matter. Welcome back to SCP Archives. And in case you missed it, this is part two of our four-part premiere of SCP-1730, or What Happened to Site-13. There's a few big things I'd like to hit before I let you into this week's episode. First, if you want a postcard, sticker, button, or sticker sheet, you have until April 30th to sign up on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And second, we are less than 50 patrons away from 500. And when we hit 500 patrons, we're going to do a special enamel pin and send it to everyone at $5 and above. So sign up now. Help us hit our goal. Get a sticker, get a button, get a pin, get more stickers, uh, get an enamel pin. It'll be awesome. Plus bonus episodes and ad-free episodes at scp... Uh, Sorry, at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And last but certainly not least, this week's episode features the voices of Kenneth and Hannah, two incredible members of our little community and the creators of SCP Play, a tabletop RPG podcast based in the SCP universe. Hijinks, hilarity, and containment breaches. What more could you want? You can find SCP Play wherever you listen to podcasts, and in the show notes below. Also, stay tuned to the credits. Uh, I've listed all of our new patrons that signed up between January 1st and February 28th. Uh, There's a ton of you, and thank you so much for making this episode and our whole show possible, Uh, and getting us just a little bit closer to 500. But without further ado, I present to you Episode 2 of scp One Seven. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Exploration Log 7 Team Mobile Task Force Z9 Codename Mole Rats Assignment Site 13 Continues Exploration Lead Y24 Arizona Notes Due to high casualties sustained by previous exploration attempts, it was decided that a team experiencing exploration of anomalous structures would be called in to continue operation at SCP-1730. To that end, MTF-79 Morats was assigned to SCP-1730. The team consisted of five explorative members and one support member who would stay at site command and monitor fluctuations in local reality. We're online. Let us know when you've got a link, support. Coming up now. 
I'm loading your displays with what should be a pretty accurate map of what you should see in there, but... Don't bet on it, right? Like always. It's fully possible that there's a type green in there, alongside the other nasties. All right, Command. What's the worst of it? There is at least one cognito-hazardous entity riding hazards on the walls. Your displays should be able to filter out any and all messages written on the walls, so we don't take any chances. As for the rest, it's a containment site. Awesome. There you have it, guys. Load up. Let's get in there. Yes, ma'am. Z9 team enters the main structure, but search the upper floors first. As observed by the flying drones, the floors are empty. There's no sign of the previous exploration drones. We're clean here. How are we looking, Command? Holding steady, Hollis. Nothing out of the ordinary. Tell Rocky that they need to adjust their channel frequency. I'm having trouble connecting to that module. Will do. Rocky, check your frequency. You're falling out. Roger. Team descends to main level. After ascertaining the functionality of their hazard-blocking displays, the teams move towards a descending stairwell instead of the service elevator. Going down now. Starting to see some of that sludge. Any idea where it comes from? Part of the mixture is power station runoff, but it's mostly blood and some other biological residue, like pus. As for where it comes from, your guess is as good as ours. Yeah. Guess that's what we're here to find out. This stuff doesn't stink like you think it would. Just smells like pennies. Tighten up. We're going into the dark. Team descends several levels until they reach sixth basement level marked as Euclid Containment Wing. Z9 Hollis motions to enter the floor. Lots of bodies in here, Cap. I see them. Not all human, are they? Nope. They've all got that look to them, though. From the briefing. Blood on their faces. Stay alert, guys. T moves forward for a short time, investigating the mostly empty floor. Suddenly, a rumbling is heard. All team members stop and wait for the noise to end. There's a crash, and Z9 Rocky shouts. So what was that? Came from below you. Notice any structural damage? Ship fucking did. Floor collapsed under Rocky. It's down below us. I can see him. Rocky, you read me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Cap, I'm alright. Uh, I'm alright, but my leg is pretty fucked. Uh, I don't know if I can get up. Alright, stay there. We're gonna get down to you. Astoria, stay here with Rocky. Forest, move with me. Let's find a stairwell down. Hollis, something fluctuating below you. You copy? Z9 Hollis does not respond. Site Command also attempts to communicate with Z9 team, but fails to do so. Communications continue to be transmitted from the team. Ah, uh, where are they? Should be on their way. Any way you can get down here? Not without breaking my legs. You, you sure? I, I think I can hear something down here. I can't hear anything. It's probably just the pipes. Fucking pipes. From Z9 Rocky's perspective, the floor is shrouded in darkness beyond four meters. The only illumination is coming from the floor above. No, no, it's it's definitely something. It's... Fuck. Astoria, it's it's slithering. There's something down here. Hang on, mate. Hollis, you read me? Hollis? Forrest? Anybody? Astoria, it's right here. I can hear it. Get, get the fuck away from me, you slimy asshole. I said get the fuck back. Don't shoot anything, Rocky. You'll... Uh... Xenon Astoria's camera observes what appears to be a black, leech-like creature, approximately the length and width of an adult human arm. 
moving slowly towards Z9 Rocky. Z9 Rocky continues to fire wildly, causing Z9 Astoria to run behind the opening in the floor for cover. Suddenly, the gunfire stops, and Z9 Astoria looks back over the edge. Rocky. Jesus, fuck! The creature has now entered Z9 Rocky's open mouth, and is moving slowly down his throat. Z9 Rocky's mic picks up muffled cries, and a low grinding noise, like chewing. Z9 Astoria aims their weapon at the creature and fires, missing it when Z9 Rocky twitches. Z9 Astoria fires again, striking Z9 Rocky in the arm. Astoria raises their weapon and fires at Z9 Rocky. There's another rumble, and the ground beneath Z9 Astoria gives way. Z9 Astoria falls onto the concrete below and is crushed by additional falling debris. Z9 Astoria's camera and microphone disconnect. Z9 Rocky's microphone continues to pick up Z9 Rocky's choking and vomiting for an additional five minutes after which Xenon Rocky grows silent. Another leech creature emerges from his mouth and disappears. Xenon Rocky stands and picks up Xenon Astoria's weapon. Xenon Rocky's camera disconnects. Note, at this point, Xenon team was in full disconnect. Two members were assumed KIA, while the other two were not accounted for. After three hours of non-communication, Site Command contacted Overwatch Command to request a full stop to all exploration efforts into SCP-1730. While waiting for a response, Z9 Forest's microphone came back online. Didn't look, did you? Yeah, me neither. Cap? It was over there against that wall. Is it not there anymore? I can get it open. We need fucking bullets. I think they're gone. Yeah, but I don't want to wait around for... Lower. What floor are we on right now, anyway? I thought they were only supposed to be 15. Fuck. Alright. Z9 Rocky's camera suddenly comes online, showing a massive room, dimly lit by many small flames. Further observation of the footage shows that small flames all originate from the ears of several humanoids, standing quietly around the walls. In the center pit is a large creature that appears to be covered in many smaller creatures. It is barely distinguishable in the low lighting. Several large pipes over the creature have been cut and are draining out into the center of the room. The camera cuts out. Note. With the entire team once again unresponsive, Site Command ordered an emergency termination of all exploration efforts into SCP-1730. Four hours pass with no response, before Z9 Hollis's camera begins transmitting. Microphone comes online shortly after. Z9 Hollis is standing in a very tall room, looking at some kind of large and intricate machine. They approach the machine slowly, before settling over some kind of input console with a backlit screen. Z9 Hollis wipes dust off a label just above the screen. The word Thresher is clearly visible. Z9 Hollis's hands hover over the keyboard at the console. 
another distant sound can be heard at the microphone, later identified as footsteps. Z9 Hollis turns quickly to face the darkness behind her. As she turns, her shoulder-mounted light strikes something on the machine behind her and goes out. The footsteps grow closer. Z9 Hollis begins to breathe heavily and starts running through the dark. She trips and falls, and the noises begin to close in. Z9 Hollis's camera disconnects. No additional transmissions are received from the Z9 team. Hello, hello, it's Pacific once again, here with a very important ad break. And a reminder, if you hate ads and you don't want to listen to them, we offer intro and ad-free versions of all of our episodes on patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And now, a brief message from our sponsors. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the show. Addendum 1730.4. Recovered data from power station terminal. Dr. Hadley, as you can see, the power output to the thresher device has been adjusted to your specifications. At your command, the reactors will search the full 55GW required to activate the device. Like I mentioned in our previous correspondence, the reactors will likely not survive this kind of power surge. The core dedicated to the body pit might, given its reinforced construction, but there will likely be significant damage to all the rest. Additionally, and you'll forgive me for speaking out of place since I'm not assigned to the thresher device, but the device is still wildly unstable. The tests have been encouraging on smaller subjects, and it might someday be an applicable piece of technology, but at this moment it is only considered a measure for very final attempts. Utilization of the device could make the local reality unstable here, as well as wherever the device ends up. In other words, I hope you know what you're doing. Addendum 1730.5. Collected data logs. The following data logs were collected by the mobile access drone sent into SCP-1730. Dear Dr. Hadley, we have received your communication and thank you for taking the time to contact us. We have considered your request, but at this time we cannot approve any transfers. If you are at Site-13, you are there because of your superb level of professionalism and aptitude in your profession, and we cannot afford to have you anywhere else. You may speak to your Site Pharmacist about an amnestic regimen if you like, but we will not allow you to transfer from Site-13. As for your concerns about Director Emerson's mortuary protocol, we understand your complaints. However, you must understand that anomalies, especially those classified as humanoid, are not human beings. Human beings fall into a very specific category of non-anomalous life forms. Humanoid anomalies may appear to be human, but are simply humanoid. As such, they are not entitled to the rights and privileges afforded to human beings by the Ethics Committee. 
Our job, as researchers, is to identify where anomalies come from, and then to identify how to best utilize those anomalies for the benefit of mankind. We are protectors, and we cannot protect unless we know everything there is to know about the threat at hand. Once we have learned what we can learn, we neutralize the threat. If you have any other questions, please do not hesitate to contact our offices. Sincerely, Peter Grenwald, SCP Foundation Ethics Committee Chair, Global Occult Coalition Ethics Board Head. Test Log, Entity 3421. Administrator, Dr. 1343. Test purpose, to identify Class 8 entity's ability to bend reality while exposed to dangerous conditions and to Scranton Malleus inhibitor device. Use of SCP-2412 to reanimate entity between tests. Test 1, exposure to temperature, negative 35 degrees Celsius. Result, entity loses energy, becomes less hostile. Extended exposure results in low external temperature and decay of skin layer. Entity expires after one hour of sustained exposure. Test 2. Exposure to temperature, 150 degrees Celsius. Result. Entity quickly succumbs to heat stroke. Body shows signs of burning across all surfaces. Organ damage as a result of extreme temperature. Entity unable to change reality to save itself. Test 5. Submerge in water. Result. Data not found. Notes. Water seems to interfere with Scranton Malleus device. Test 13. Exposure to electricity. Result. Entity unable to save itself. Body no longer salvageable. Entity moved to body pit for incineration. To Engineer 242. From Engineer 129. Subject. Control of hazardous toxins in reactor core. We're having some trouble controlling the waste back up in the pit. The runoff is supposed to be piped off-site, but it keeps getting sucked back up in the air intake into the reactor. The stuff is seriously toxic. I don't want to send any of my guys in there to clean it up. Either we shut off the reactor long enough to go down there and clean it up by hand, or we're going to have a pretty serious issue here in a while. Doctor 720. Summary of events. Entity showed unwillingness to submit to further testing and, as such, was swiftly terminated by way of electrocution. Entity moved to body pit for incineration. Noting here that additional orders have come in from Director Emerson requesting a full-scale termination of the entire humanoid wing. Those will be processed at your convenience, and we can begin to empty out those floors. Sincerely, Dr. 720. To Dr. Hadley, from Engineer 242. They took your leech boy down to the pit today. I made sure to alter his termination record accordingly, and made sure that output is still blocked up. I don't know what you've got planned for him, but that pit's pretty noxious now. It's not going to be good. Director Emerson. Before we get started, let me just say that that number thing was always bullshit. If you want to properly dehumanize your researchers, you put them in cubicles. The numbers were a joke from the beginning. If you're reading this, then you're left with a decision. What did you think was going to happen, throwing the bodies of anomalies into that pit? 
Did you think that their being alive made them anomalous? Hell, being alive is the least anomalous part of our humanity. I thought you might have seen that, but then things have changed. The containment breach was my fault. I won't lie to you. In my research, I had the pleasure of analyzing a young boy. His name was Elijah. He subsisted only on blood. And he could siphon it through others with his mouth. Right through their skin. Like a leech. He had no mental capacity beyond two years. And yet he deserved the same chance to live as the rest of us. He did not choose to be the way he was. And then you decided to have him burned like the rest of them. So I modified his record. The fires of your pit won't have incinerated him, just agitated him. And that sludge that's been building up? I'm glad you cared to get it cleaned up. I'm sure you're glad too. It's pretty awful down there. Uh, uh, anyway, your decision. The containment breach was inevitable. And whether it was something that crawled out of the pit that did it, or my hand on a button makes no difference. You have a choice to make. Either stay your course, and certainly be devoured by the creatures you have been torturing for the last 15 years, or activate the Thresher device and hope it dumps you out in a more hospitable reality than your own. Either way, our world will be rid of you and your filth, and we'll be better for it. This is your death game, Velian. You made your bed, and now you get to die in it. Sincerely, Hadley. P.S. I don't know if you even remember when this picture was taken, but I'm sure you'll recognize your own face. Amazing how much can change in just a few years, isn't it? All because you were chasing a promotion. Incredible. I hope it was worth it. Oh yeah, and if you decide you want to talk this out, I'll be down in the basement with Elijah. I've got a nice warm spot for him to get set up when he arrives. You've made sure that there will be plenty of blood. Addendum 1730.6 Received audio transmission. The following audio transmission was picked up on monitoring equipment on the morning of February 1st, 2016. The transmission, both speech and an encrypted signal that followed, has been repeating on a continuous loop since it was first detected. The contents of the transmission are accessible below. Hello, my name is Dr. Scott, and I'm a researcher within the SCP Foundation Site-13 Temporal Studies Division. Myself and my team were abandoned within Site-13 during a recent catastrophic event, the full details of which we do not know. We are currently surrounded by hostile entities and other hazardous anomalies. Of the original 30 members of my team, only 12 remain. To any Foundation operatives listening on this channel, we are asking for assistance. Our supplies are dangerously low, as is our ammunition. Without aid, it is unlikely that we will last more than another month. Following this message will be an encrypted, adjusted VMS transmission, decipherable by standard 1980s Foundation technology. The information within that transmission will contain our location, 
as well as we can describe it. The transmission is wired by dead man switched to myself and will be played on a continuous loop until such time that I die. Please, help us. Addendum 1730.7 Updated Exploration Memorandum In light of recent information gathered by Foundation surveillance teams, been deemed pertinent to once again send exploration and recovery teams into Site 13. By order of Overwatch Command, SCP 1730's containment procedures have been updated. Mobile Task Force Tau 5, Simsera, is currently under consideration for deployment. Details to follow. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed the episode. This week, I want to take just a quick moment to highlight all of the new patrons that signed up from uh, January 1st all the way through March 1st, or I guess February 28th. Um, there are a ton of you, and if I say your name wrong, really sorry. Let me know. I'll say it again better next week, hopefully. Uh, but I want to give a huge shout-out to Sean O'Halloran, Not Sure, Wesley Pisantes, Elisa Marie, Cooper Hopkin, Yam Tagler, Bells McChilly, Stone McDevitt, Saras, Tammy Spaveri, North, Caleb Uselman, Mitch Garads, Travis Warren, Kenneth Holmquist, Joe Louie, Stephanie Coffin, Emmett Ringo, Ghost, Andrew Lowry, Harrison Stanley, Devin Ling, Corey Spade, Winter War, 8-Bit Wrench, Chelsea Keene, Gavin Barden-Pratt, Skylar Shaw, Joshua Fahey, Death Dog 101, and Lorne Acker. Thanks, guys. You keep the show running, and you made this episode possible. SCP-1730 was written by DJ Cactus. Our host and narrator is John Grills. Z9 Hollis was Hannah Mullen. Z9 Astoria was Jimmy Furrer. Z9 Forrest was Patrick Dowling. Z9 Rocky was Kenneth Shaughnessy. Experiment Log was Maddie Moore. Engineer 242 was Daisy McNamara. Peter Grenwald was Eric Kemp. Engineer 129 was Daniel Woodmancy. Dr. 720 was Tanya Miliovic. Dr. Hadley was Chris Quinby. And additional narration was done by me, Pacific S. Obadiah. The new guy is Danny Sweet. Our script curator is Jesse Hall. And all of our music is done by the incredibly talented Tom Rory Parsons. I'm your showrunner and sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah, and our producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska. This is a bloody disgusting show. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.